Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Romans chapter 12, where it says, starting in verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So we continue to explore this paradigm that every believer is a minister and has been apportioned grace and power to fulfill their calling in the places where they live, work, and worship. A paradigm is like a prism through which we view our world and the circumstances we face each day. These paradigms exist to align our beliefs with God's revealed purposes and to position us to experience God's transforming power in our lives and in the world. This passage is the primary passage in the Bible that talks about spiritual gifts. In the Bible, the word gift and the word grace are derived from the same Greek word, charis. We understand a charismatic as someone who exercises spiritual gifts. Now, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is just that, a gift. And in this case, a measure of grace in a specific area imbued with power for the purpose of blessing and building up other believers. These spiritual gifts are designed to bear fruit when they are used for the benefit of others. Every person has one of these spiritual gifts listed here in Romans chapter 12. It's hugely important for every one of us to know what our gift is so that we can function as we were designed to function. We were designed to be fruitful. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So how do I know what my gift is? Well, before we talk about how to identify our spiritual gift, I'd first like to define each of them. There are seven spiritual gifts listed here in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Prophecy, service, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy. Let's take a look at each one. The first one is prophecy. Prophecy is the fourth telling of God's word. Jeremiah 27, 18 says, Let those who are prophets and who have the word of the Lord come and make intercession. Someone who has the gift of prophecy will usually have a passion for prayer. Their desire is to seek the Lord and hear from the Lord and to share those things with the church. We see how Jeremiah connects prophecy and intercession. One who has the gift of prophecy will have a burden to pray and intercede for the church and for the lost. Someone exercising the gift of prophecy is not just to hear God's word, but God's heart for his church and for the world. Remember, Moses was disqualified from entering the promised land when he misrepresented God's heart to the people. The best way to understand how any gift is to be used 
is to look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is the only person who possessed and used all the gifts. And therefore, he's the one to look to when we want to see how these gifts are worked out practically. We see Jesus exercising the gift of prophecy in several different ways. He used the scriptures to bring the word of the Lord into a specific situation. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is in the synagogue reading from Isaiah 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then it says, Jesus rolled up the scroll and said to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So in the present day, among a gathering of believers, God might give a scripture to one person to share with another that is meant to speak directly to what that person is going through. Or God might shine a light upon a specific promise in the scriptures that he wants his church to grab hold of by faith. It's how God allows us to partner with him to bind and loose on earth those things that he desires to release over a congregation or over the city or over the nation or over a person's life. Jesus also prophesied by speaking words given by the Holy Spirit to the centurion in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus saw the centurion's faith for the healing of his paralyzed servant, who wasn't even there, but back at home, Jesus said, go, and it will be done just as you believed it would. This was a rima, or a word from God revealed by the Holy Spirit and spoken in faith that released a blessing to the centurion and healing to his servant. You also see Jesus foretelling the future, like in Matthew chapter 24. This is also an example of prophecy, and perhaps the one that we most often think of when we think of prophecy, particularly in the Old Testament, that foretelling of future events or judgments. It's interesting that prophecy is the only gift that is mentioned in all three New Testament lists, and that it's a spiritual gift listed in Romans 12. It's a spiritual ministry in the church, as listed in Ephesians chapter 4, and a spiritual manifestation in the body at large, as described in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Now remember in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, that we looked at in the last episode, Paul differentiates between gifts, ministries, and manifestations. This list in Romans 12 contains the list of gifts. Now, the second gift listed here in Romans 12 is service, which is the modeling of truth practically. Those with the gift of service have a passion to meet practical needs. To someone with this gift, talk is cheap. It's all about putting your money where your mouth is. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. We see him washing the disciples' feet, giving us perhaps the greatest example of what it means to serve others. Jesus would teach people, but then he would touch people, heal people, feed people. Those with the gift of service aren't motivated by recognition, but by results. The third spiritual gift is teaching. This is someone whose passion is to interpret, define, and impart truth through the scriptures. Jesus taught with authority and defined the law and the heart of the scriptures. He didn't just disseminate information, but revealed the Father's heart. 
and brought application to his teaching. Even those that do not believe in Jesus acknowledge that he was a great teacher. He was often referred to as rabbi, which simply means teacher. Now, the fourth gift is encouraging or exhortation. An exhorter, I've found, because I'm married to one, is often someone who sings, sees things as black and white. They don't like to deal in the gray areas. An exhorter will kick me in the butt when I need to hear the truth and encourage me to do better. Built into the word exhortation is both to implore, that is to call for excellence and rightness, as well as to comfort and encourage. You see, Jesus exhorting Peter after his denial, he kept asking him, do you love me? Now go feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then he asked him a third time, do you love me? Now go feed my sheep. Jesus' purpose in this was restoration and inspiration. He was imploring him and encouraging him. The purpose of all spiritual gifts is to build up and strengthen the body. An exhorter must speak the truth in love. Barnabas, in the book of Acts, was called the son of encouragement. He no doubt had this gift and was responsible for restoring Paul into ministry at the church in Antioch. It was from there that Paul became one of the most fruitful ministers, evangelists, church planners in history. So now the fifth spiritual gift is giving. Giving. In verse 8 of Romans 12, it says, If you have this gift, then give generously, without strings attached. People with this gift have the passion to bless others in a material way. They're looking for needs around them that they can meet. Some have the ability to create wealth and to do well financially so they can bless others and be blessed as they use their gift to build up others. Others I've seen with this gift have great faith as they give generously from a place of poverty and have incredible testimonies of God's miraculous provision for their lives. You see Jesus giving food to the crowds and having it miraculously multiply as the disciples gave it away to the people. Amazing. Now the sixth spiritual gift is leadership. Someone with the gift of leadership is often a problem solver, can see the big picture, and can motivate and direct people to effective places of ministry. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, and modeled servant leadership to them for three years. He trained not just the 12, but in Luke chapter 10, it says that he sent out 72, two by two, into the nearby villages to heal the sick and share the good news of the kingdom. Leadership, as modeled by Jesus, was the product of a relationship with the Father that was cultivated through a lifestyle of prayer. Jesus said that he only did the things he saw the Father doing. Leadership, as Jesus modeled it, was to know and do the Father's will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. That's why it says that those with the gift of leadership should govern diligently because of their influence on others. And finally, we have the gift of mercy. People with the gift of mercy are empathetic toward others and have a desire to bring comfort to those who are hurting, sick, and disenfranchised. People with this gift have compassionate hearts. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus is confronted by a man with leprosy. 
and how Mark describes Jesus' response is so powerful. It says, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. The act of healing came from a heart of compassion. Mercy reflects God's heart for people. We see Jesus weeping for the people at Lazarus' funeral. Now, he wasn't weeping for Lazarus. He was about to raise him from the dead. But he wept for the people who were mourning, saying that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Every gift reflects a facet of God's character and therefore can be seen modeled perfectly by Jesus. Romans 11.29 says that God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. God has willed and will not change his mind to imbue each one of us with grace and power through a specific spiritual gift that is designed to enable us to fulfill the unique calling each one of us has as a part of the body of Christ and as an ambassador of Christ in this world. So today, let's stand in awe of God's goodness. He is perfect in all that he is and in all that he does. And let's also thank God for the gift of grace that he has deposited in each one of us to reflect a facet of his goodness for the benefit of others. Amen.